Welcome back to our second podcast where we strive for lives. Today we have special guests Dana Sue and Bill Cruz. All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in to our new podcast here at the Stride Project. Um, today we have two amazing guests. I'm super excited to introduce them. Um, we have Dana Sue and Bill Cruz, and I'm going to intro Dana Sue real quick and talk a little bit about her. Um, Dana Sue, she is the founder and creator director of Bell Astari Publishing, which publishes books that put a spotlight on childhood and adolescent cancers. When she was seven years old, her baby brother was diagnosed with pediatric cancer, and although he was not expected to survive, he defied the odds. He is alive and well today. Um, Her experience with childhood cancer had a huge impact on her life, and she spent decades raising awareness and funding to end cancer, as well as doing advocacy speaking to legislators at both the local and national levels about the need for increased funding and support. She has participated in fundraising efforts with the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which we talked about earlier on the first podcast, um, MD Anderson Cancer Center, Lymphoma Research Foundation, and American Cancer Society. And she currently serves on the National Advisory Council of American Cancer Society, Gold Together for Childhood Cancer. And she is also, if that's not enough, a marathoner and an Ironman triathlete. Go ahead, Rachel. I know. All right, I'm gonna introduce Bill. Um, So Bill works in the oil and gas industry in Fort Worth, Texas. He also serves as the chief financial officer at Bell Asteri Publishing. And at the age of seven, his little sister was diagnosed with leukemia. And one year later, she died at the age of six and Bill was only eight. Um, This left a huge hole in his heart that will never heal, but he has spent decades sharing her story and raising awareness and funding for cancer research. In 2003, just three weeks after his 37th birthday, Bill was diagnosed with stage four, highly aggressive, completely incurable, non-Hodgkin lymphoma. He ended up spending almost three years in treatments, but following this, he crossed the finish line to become an Ironman triathlete. Wow. He has been running marathons and competing in triathlons for almost two decades as a way to show cancer that it lost its attack on him. He has volunteered raising funds through the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, D. Anderson Cancer Center, Lymphoma Research Foundation, and American Cancer Society, and he serves on the National Advisory Council for American Cancer Society's Gold Together for Childhood Cancer. Um, They do have two beautiful children um, who are grown. I can't believe that. A daughter who is in the oil and gas industry and a son who is a naval aviator. Wow, you guys did a great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so when um, Bill was diagnosed with cancer, they were only five and three. Um, and so they were very young. They learned to fight against a terrible in- illness, and they published a children's book about their experience called Our Daddy's Cancer, How We Helped Him Fight. And I can't wait to hear more about that. And uh, Dana, Sue, and Bill also pub- published their story in a book called A Timed Fight, which I can't wait to read. I, know. I have not read it yet. We got to pick that up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think we're done with the podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for being on our show today. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Um, well, that's a, that's a lot that you guys, honestly, it's, it's interesting because um, Dana, when I reunited with you a couple months back, I didn't know to the extent of the involvement 
you guys were in in the cancer world like i i just you know people join different organizations for different reasons and sometimes to just get into shape like team and training oh i'm gonna join a group and you know run a marathon and have some buddies no you guys this started at a really young age that you guys were inspired um to really change people's lives yes um i mean obviously we both were had a big um past with cancer having siblings with cancer and then um when we were in our 30s yes that's when bill was diagnosed and before that we were we were competitive swimmers we were always athletic bill's kind of crazy he was even a bull rider oh my god what he did a lot of really interesting sports in his past sorry uh, y'all didn't know that but no oh my god little tidbits there but it's really interesting because when he was very very sick and uh on chemotherapy and just not doing well at all it, it was like his motivation was that he had to get back out there and he had never done a triathlon before. So it was like his motivation was like, mm. I can't die without doing that try. Mm. And, and, you know, it was just that thing in the back of his head that it, he cared more. He wanted to live for all of us, truthfully, that, but it was that triathlon that was his motivation for I want to get my health back. Mm. And the mind is really powerful in what, you know, how you think and what your body does in, the, in your thoughts. Um, that's really incredible, Bill. And I, and I want to talk more about Bill's story. Um, but real quick, can you guys share how you met our mother, Sue? Um, just a little bit about, you know, who she was to you and, and the relationship you guys had, maybe some of the races you did together, some training, just a little brief on um, since the stride project came from us, uh, you know, in memory of our mom and you guys were really close with her. Can you share y'all's story with her? You start, Bill. I'll start. Okay. So I joined team and training uh, just by accident, actually. <laughs> I went and thought it was a support group for people that had cancer, but oh no, <laughs> it was a uh, actually running group. Uh, met with Bill Dwyer, who was our coach. Right. Okay. I said, hey, can I do a triathlon or a marathon? And he's like, uh, you need a doc note from your doctor because I was bald and just finished treatment and looked like a skeleton, just right. being honest. Yeah. And joined and went to that first practice and met Mike Sikos, right. who y'all know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then started running with the group and soon met Sue, who they all started earlier than the regular team and training group and just fell in love with that group of what was called the Rebels. The Rebels. And <laughs> They yes. were the rebels, and we uh, ran with them and just loved running with Sue and everyone. It was super competitive, but also super friendly and super always just going back and forth between each other and uh, competing against each other, and it was just super fun, and that's how I met Sue. Okay, so you met Sue first. I yeah. met Sue first, definitely, okay. and fell in love with the whole group and her running and her attitude. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. And then I met her not ahead. that long after Bill, and I had just decided I was going to run my first marathon, and I was sitting at a breakfast table. We had all done a run. I had only gone like three miles, <laughs> and I think Sue had done about 20 that day. Probably. And 
and she, we were all sitting at this big table at a restaurant in the woodlands and i had not i had not been introduced to her yet uh, she was all the way at the other end of the table and i made the comment oh i bet it's really hard to do all this fundraising i hope i can do it and i hear this little tiny voice tiny voice yet bold voice down at the end of the table say of course you can do it <laughs> and i t i turned and there's this spunky adorable little lady sitting down there and so i got up and i went and sat down next to her and i think we must have spent an hour talking and she shared all kinds of amazing stories and she's the she was the kind of person who made you believe anything was possible mm -hmm. and she had this connection I have to just throw this in there because she had this connection to God that was unlike anyone else. It was mm -hmm. like she she made you believe that he was sitting right there at the table with you. And just this whole, it was such a sweet and cute yet fiercely powerful attitude that came from her. We loved her. Mm. That's so special. Yeah. That's yeah, so special. Is. Like how Sounds long did you like guys... <laughs> How long did you guys race together? We met her in 2004, so a lot of years. Mm. Yeah, a lot of yeah. years because I remember running several races with her, and one of my favorites was San Antonio. Uh, we were running, and I took off fast and ended up slowing down, but finished that race with her, and we talked the whole rest of oh the race with gosh. her. Oh, my gosh. And ended up finishing in about a 3.30 marathon oh. and uh, again it was a boxing qualifier for her but it's not quite for me right but uh, just enjoyable because i always loved running she always had something she kept talking the whole time and kept you going motivated i, I will even... say uh, every <clears throat> single marathon that sue ever did was a boston qualifier every every single one yeah she was fast yep. She was yeah. determined, all right. <laughs> I, mean, I can't the fact believe that she, she can talk. talk. <laughs> I was like, how is she able to talk and race that pace? It just doesn't even make sense to me. And, yeah, she was always able to talk, and that was <laughs> always amazing. That's, a, that's where you yeah. get it from, Becca. I, yeah, that's in, where fact, I from. in fact, I think you two were the topic of a lot of conversations in those days. Probably. Oh, Probably our teenage, teenage years. I just don't understand why they don't get along. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't I don't remember her saying that. She oh, bragged God. about you. She oh. bragged about you. She That's loved you. better to hear. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Could have gone a different way. Yeah. <laughs> I never remember anything negative. I really oh. don't. Wow. <laughs> she's such a I don't remember her person. talking negative about anything ever. <laughs> ever. Everything she talked about was uplift I it, it was just really wonderful. She just had a great spirit about her. And everyone loved her. And yes, she ran with a group we called the Rebels, but it was just because <laughs> they made their own rules. Yeah. yeah. Well, we started an hour before everybody else yeah. and we just did our own thing. And yeah. that was it. That's and so cool. I, I love I love that you guys are rebels yet like at the same point in time just the best people you could ever be around like just big hearts all around. It was a big-hearted group always a very generous very they would have done anything for anyone in the group or anyone outside of the group even. It was yeah. A great yeah. Group. And just and just remember why they were running they were running for team and training, and so you know all of this. Ultimately, Sue ended up raising $100,000 for leukemia research right. by doing all these marathons. And then she's branched out into triathlons and 100-mile canoe races. I mean, she was a go-getter. 
And I was just but, like yeah, always the looking for the next it. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why that's why we are the way we are. We're like, well, we can be like that. Yeah. We called her Super Sue. That was her nickname there, a Super Sue. I know. I remember and, you know, I, that cape. I have and, the cape in my uh, my training studio hanging up. Yes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I still have it. I was going to say, which, um, who who actually named her? Bill Dwyer. That. Bill Dwyer. He was, yeah, our, Bill he was Dwyer. our original coach. Yeah. Is he still coaching? He still coaches. Absolutely. Wow. Not with team and training, but, um, but he's still a coach in the Woodlands and yeah, he's changed a lot of lives. That's really neat. We'll have to get him on the podcast one of these days. Yeah, I want to hear yeah. what was going through his mind about her mother. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he has a whole lot of stories. He's known her. He met her way before us, and yeah, he knew her very well. That's really awesome. Um, that'll yeah. be fun. Um, one of my favorite memories of your mom. Uh-huh. Yes, I was you... actually just going to ask that. Sorry, <laughs> go ahead. That's great. Uh, she was starting to learn how to swim, and it was oh, at God. the ymca there that she taught at as well and she would use pennies on the side of the deck to count her laps and i would go out there and help her coach uh, coach her and she was just as funny as could be but she learned and was very diligent at it but always had those pennies on the side to count her laps and that i love that I don't I know. Mean, never, <laughs> never swimming your whole life like i yeah. can understand that it's overwhelming and it like is. You can't even keep track because you're just trying to figure out how to get across to the other side. Well, I yeah. always tell people that Rachel tried to kill me when she was trying to, <laughs> when she was training me for my first triathlon because I would get in the pool and I didn't know what I was doing. And she was like, oh, come on. And then I would be like trying. And she's like, well, you need to do that. You got to reach your arm and you got to lift your hips and you got to pull your abs in and you got to kick those feet and you got to breathe and you got to count. I'm like, what? The counting part is the hard part, yes. If if only you had known about the pennies. The pennies. (laughs) If only. I I didn't hear that story, so I I didn't have that that tool to give her. Yeah, so I'm going to start carrying pennies with me, I think. Oh, I love that. I love that. Pennies are hard to come by these days. Oh, my gosh. Wait, what's a penny? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's funny. Um. Thank and, you for sharing that. I was going to ask about like a favorite memory or something, because it's always fun to kind of, you know, well, go down. Memory that was a favorite memory them. only because she had someone was teaching an aerobics class in the water next to us. And she's like, <laughs> I know that person. And they were looking over laughing, I think. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so. That's funny. She tried. She tried. <laughs> oh, she didn't just try. She did. Yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah. She did. You know, when I actually started swimming and stuff real quick, she actually was not happy that I was faster than her. Oh, her competitive spirit. She's like, how are you going that fast? I'm like, well, you just, you just got to pick your hips up and kick your feet and flutter kick and you'll just go. And she was like, right. I can't go that fast. <laughs> she tried. You had a better coach than her. So that's. What I'll say. She oh. she coached me and then I coached myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then Rachel coached me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some things you just get. She was she was a runner chick, like 100. Yeah. percent Like her, like if anything in the try, like that was her strong leg was the running. She would maybe she struggled in the swim, the bike, but she would pass everybody running. So I was like, look, yeah. that's yeah. her. Yeah. That's her strength. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. 
Well, do you want to do you want to shift gears or do you want to share some more stories or how what do you want to do? I could actually share stories all day about Let's <laughs> shift gears. I, I've got Maybe several. we'll just have a memory lane episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that would, that be, would be cool because yeah, be there really were a fun. lot of early morning runs that a lot happened on. Oh, I love to hear so. about some of those. <laughs> so. um, okay, well, good. We'll, we'll, do, we'll, we'll make a note and do that. Um, so right. so for, now, for now, since, you know, with the Stride Project, I think it's important for people to hear, Bill, about your story. Um, in your journey with having cancer, um, how your family dealt with it, how you dealt with it. Um, I mean, your life, your family life, your career life. Um, do you want to kind of dive into that and, and share kind of how that, how that was? Yeah. So October 14th, 2013 or 2003, sorry, 2003, I was diagnosed. So 20 years ago, this past October was diagnosed mm. with an incurable cancer. Uh, told that I would possibly live 10 years, but that was as long as I would live. And what were 20 years later, or 20 years after that, so defied those odds. Uh, my doctor was very athletic, which was a good thing. A gym rat is what we would call him. Mm -hmm. And he understood that I was the same way as him. And so he tailored my treatment to that. Okay. Uh, allowed oh. me to continue to exercise somewhat. Uh, there were limitations because of the degree of my cancer because it was stage four, grade three. And so it was very aggressive, uh, had very much progressed beyond what they would thought it should have. Wow. And, um, but got through all that uh, and then met Bill Dwyer, started running and all that. Uh, how it affected my family. I mean, my kids were five and three. So, I mean, both of them have memories of this happening to me, and both of them have grown up to be well-adjusted kids, as far as I can tell, right. uh, well-adjusted adults mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, they're 23, 20. Oh, they're always so going to be your kids. They are mm -hmm. always my kids. Uh, but it did, it, it changed a lot in our lives. I think it put my focus back on childhood cancer because mm. my sister had died of Leukemia, which is a blood cancer, lymphoma is a blood cancer, uh, so it was related blood cancers. Uh, mm -hmm. I was in the young adult category at the time, and her obviously being a child, so basically in the same age group wow. in cancer speak, and just really, it it changed me. It changed my focus on what was important, and so our desire, both mine and Dana Seuss, is to help raise funds and raise awareness so that people realize that, you know, we've got to try to find a cure for this because mm -hmm. it is heartbreaking yeah. uh, for my kids to have had to have gone through it. And for parents, I mean, Dana Seuss shared a text with me today of one of the authors for Bella Steri that's been sent home until there's nothing more that can be done for her. Oh. And so she's going home to basically die and I it I, I'm sorry to say this but it sucks it's not right I know uh, we go every year to Washington DC to something called cure fest and we meet kids that have a disease called DIPG which affects young adults and children that's a hundred percent fatal within a year oh. they die and so you go every year and the next year you don't see those same kids you met the year before mm -hmm. and so 
our desire, our truly our greatest desire is to help try to raise funds, find a cure mm -hmm. for these cancers that yeah. are affecting these kids. Yeah. And so. Because when it affects the kids, it affects everyone and cancer in itself affects everyone. Oh, so. it affects the whole family. I mean, yeah. I know I was eight years old when my sister died and there are vivid memories I have mm -hmm. of that. Uh, I remember things like uh, being at a swimming pool and she had lost all her hair. So she was having to wear a wig. And back then the wigs weren't as good as they are today. They weren't made with natural hair right. and things like that. And so yeah. she got splashed and it started causing the wig to fizz up. And I got very angry at the person that splashed her. Well, and, you know, as a seven-year-old, that's just, I was being protective of my sister. Sure. And then the uh, last memory I have of my sister, uh, this is going to be very sad and it's going to probably cause me to cry, but uh, it was at her funeral. And we, as a family, as we walked by her casket, I leaned over and kissed her cold, dead cheek. And it was just something that I realized, oh my God, she's not here any longer. Huh. And I'm just, it, it affects the family. Uh, my family stayed together. Thankfully, a lot of families that go through this, uh, yeah. adults, uh, parents that lose kids, they end up divorced because of pressure and things like that. Yeah. Just drive them apart, but my family stayed together. Now, we weren't functional. I won't say we were functional. Uh, there was a lot of dysfunction in the family, but yeah. at the same time, it was, we still stayed together and we still realized, you know, we had to remain strong as a family. Yeah. And so. That's beautiful. That's, that's amazing that y'all could stay, stick together through that because like you said, like the statistics are high as far as like when you lose a child and I mean, the, the levels of divorce, um, yeah. it can just be so destructive. It, it is very destructive. And I mean, on this council that Dana Sue and I serve on with the American Cancer Society, we've had uh, members of it that they've lost kids and they're staying together and they're sticking together and their, their heart is right. They have a good relationship with God and everything. And so they go out and they are trying to help other people with. I with, love that, um, like paying it forward. On it. Paying it forward. And that's the whole point of it is trying to pay it forward. Yeah. Uh, so. During the time that you guys were going through this, um, what what needs were met during this time and what needs weren't met? Like what were some of the things that you guys could have really used, uh, whether just for you, Bill, Dana, for you, for the kids? Um, that would have been really nice to come in and kind of help you guys through this time. I love that question because I think both of us, because we came from a background of being a child with a sibling with cancer and we knew that devastation, one of the things that we learned through this experience was what it was like to be a child with a parent with cancer, which of course you girls know. Mm -hmm. what that's like. And, and with our kids, Morgan and Dylan, they were so little. They were five and three. So it was very noticeable that there were not any resources to share with them and explain what cancer is. Um, you know, daddy's sick. It's not like a cold or something like that. You know, mm -hmm. just to be able to explain the science of it was a little bit rough. And and then beyond that, as we we went through this journey together, you know, we we were having to ship our kids out to different babysitters. You know, when when your dad is sick and your mom's at the hospital with him. Um, thankfully, my mom was able to help out a lot, so they had their grandma. But on those on those times when she wasn't around, we were having to just ship them out to different people. And 
So those kind of things were really, really hard. And then um, this is going to sound sort of sort of petty, but it's not. It's that we've been around a lot of people who have a, ch a child with cancer. And a lot of those kids, they go through wish-granting organizations, and they get to have a wish. And when the and, and they deserve that, by the way, mm -hmm. very much so. But I noticed it but when one family after another, uh, the kid with cancer would wish to go to Disney as an example. The whole family would go. And they would all get this amazing trip to Disney. It was so uplifting. They would come back from it saying, oh, it changed our lives. It was so wonderful. But if, if you're in your 30s and you get cancer and you have small children, mm -hmm. there isn't anything like that. There isn't yeah. a, oh, hey, our whole family is going to Disney together and, and having this uplifting time. So I, I started realizing we need to do more for children who have a parent with cancer. We need more right. resources. We need, mm -hmm. for us, we, we were fine financially. We could, we could afford to take our kids to Disney. So it wasn't, there wasn't bitterness or anything like that. We did that kind of stuff. But in all honesty, what I would have really loved at that time was for somebody to say, y'all, we're going to send you on a weekend to a ranch and let you just sit around a campfire and mm. make some mores and sing songs and just pretend like cancer doesn't exist for a few days. Sure. Just something simple like that would have been amazing. Just like a, just to be normal for a weekend. Yeah, just nor back to our normal. Read stories together and just be together. Go fishing. Any of that stuff that mm. that would have just taken our mind away fr from cancer for a little bit. Yeah. And that would have been so important because, I mean, it was Yes, it was a routine. Every three weeks, I was back in the hospital uh, getting some kind of injection or some for four chemotherapy days. for four <laughs> days. And so, you know, there was no normal family life for us available right, yeah. at all. Because, I mean, you would you'd do the chemotherapy for four days, and then you would have maybe two days of feeling okay, and then you would just drop. Right. And then you would spend the next week getting better, and then it would start over. Right. And three years is a long time to feel sick. Three years yeah. is a long time to not feel good and try and to keep living life. Yeah. Especially with the kids being so young and it's just like, that's their time to spend That's their them. prime time of like, yeah, developing and having that kind of, you know, closeness and bonding and then having that, you know, so that, that had to have been really challenging. I will say too, because you did ask about, um, some of the things that were there, uh -huh. and I, I think for anybody who, who has a friend or somebody they love with cancer, that some of the stories that I would, I would say to them, do this. Instead of saying, you know, uh, what can I do? Is there anything I can do for you? Instead of doing that, just go and do stuff for them. Go do it. Um, I'll give you an example. It, it might sound very, very simple, but it was so profound to us at the time. We had been down at MD Anderson Cancer Center for hours and hours one day, and it was cold and raining outside, miserable. And a whole bunch of my teacher friends had, um, I loved these ladies, they had made us some meals and we had them in our freezer. And so I was thinking, oh, I, I don't even have the energy to get up and go to the freezer hmm. and get one of those meals. And the kids are upstairs and they're hungry. And all of a sudden there was there was a knock at our front door and I opened the door and there was one of my friends standing there in the cold rain 
She said, I'm not going to come in and bother you, but I just made some fresh baked ziti and some hot bread and dessert, and I just mm. wanted to hand it to you. And it was, it was like that simple little act of love just blessed our, our hearts and fed my children, and it was the perfect thing. So if people would just do things like that, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just make a meal and go take it to them. Don't mm. ask. Just do it. I love that. Well, and I want to stress that because the asking piece, I mean, someone asked me, what can I do for you? I'm going to say, oh, nothing, because I'm that type of person. I'm sure. an individual who I I got independent. it. I, I got it. Exactly. And so, but I can't say no to someone who shows up at the door with a that is pile true. of ZD. That is yeah. true. And we were so. just talking about how when you're in that in that time, you don't even know what you need exactly. Maybe you don't right. even have the time to think about it or you haven't thought about it. So, um, yeah, that's it. I love how I love that. It's usually the little things in life that mean the most. I know I mentioned my teacher friends at the time. They they even um, said that they were going to come over and decorate my house for Christmas for me because I hadn't even think about decorating for Christmas. They right. just said, we're going to come put up some lights and decorate your house for Christmas. You know, it's just little things yeah. that that you don't realize you need, but you do need them. And I, I just think this cancer community, uh, everybody knows what it's like to have a friend or a loved one with cancer because you can't live on planet Earth without that. Mm-hmm. So the best advice I would give to anybody is think about what it what you would be feeling like or experiencing and then just go do something simple go pick their kids up and take them to the park go bring them some food without asking just show up and do something without getting in the way you know because their their counts may be low and they can't be around people you're so right and I don't know why it's so hard for us to just like do it we think about it and, you know, I, it's interesting because um, when we were going through what we were going through with mom, a lot of people did show up, but we weren't really there, right? Like, we were living in California. Mom and dad were in Texas. It's not like someone showed up at our door oh, <laughs> ever, yeah. yeah, you know? But, but then I, and, then, and then people don't know how to react, and they don't know what to say, so they just don't, right? They just don't say anything, or they, they don't yeah. check in. Um, so then you have this like, well, does anyone care? <laughs> does anyone realize like yeah. I'm, 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 I feel like I'm dying inside. Like, does any, does anyone care? And it's interesting right. though, because like even myself knowing people that have been in hard situations, it's hard for me to reach out to them. Cause I'm think, cause you go back to this place where you're like, I don't want to bother them. They're going through so much. So right. maybe I'll just check in at some point. And when you do check in, it's like, Hey, like, uh, let us know if you need anything. We're here, but there's no action. So everything that you guys just shared is just, I think, so important and so simple. Yeah, it's that remember that love is a verb. It's what we do for others that counts. Yeah, love is an action word as well. Yeah, yeah, you have to do it. I love that. Um, Awesome. Uh, So what do we? Any anything more about? y'all's journey with this any other things that you can um people that are hopefully listening to this um can gather take away. and take away for what our mission is you know trying to help um support cancer patients and their families through fundraising um, yes but one of the things that i love about what 
y'all are doing is this concept of physical fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would say I think that's one of the reasons that, that team and training was so meaningful to us is because it's this whole concept of we're using our healthy bodies on behalf of people whose bodies are eaten up with cancer. Mm-hmm. And and then for the cancer patients like Bill who can who can use that as his motivation to get up out of that sick bed and go back and go out there and take his health back. Every single time we would cross a finish line in a marathon or a triathlon, we felt like we had this like in your face cancer. Mm-hmm. You didn't take us down, you know, kind of that attitude. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's just it's physical fitness is it's and it's such the opposite of the sickness that you've just endured. It's like I've I've just gone to the complete other side of things. But additionally, as you know, when you are out there eating right and exercising and doing all of that, it it has a way to uplift you. And it I guess it releases y'all know more than I do, releases those endorphins. It mm-hmm. it, it lifts up the depression and, and the stress and the pain of life. Oh yeah. that's the cool thing is like it's a twofold it's a a dual mission it's we're always we've always since we were little been into fitness and into physical activity our whole life since we were like we we joke but we're like we like came out of our mom like doing cartwheels like you know we've just been super active our whole lives Um, very fortunate we're very fortunate to have been brought up in that environment because I know for some people it's really hard yeah it's not what they know um, so we are really, we're very fortunate to grow up in that, but you know, as, as much as it has to do with your physical, as we know, like you said, it has a lot to do with your mental, emotional, even spiritual. Like I always say, anytime I go out and I work out, it's not just a workout. It's like, it, it, what was, well, it's like my time. With, it's my time to process. It's, time. Mm-hmm. it's my time to, to dream. It's my time with God. You know, it clears my mind if I have, you know, problems that I'm dealing with, whether it's in my relationship, my family, my, my life, it gives me a minute to just, just like, all right, right. let's, let some of this go. An experience. It's always an experience because it affects every part of you. Well, and Dana Sue shared that with me uh, about y'all this (laughs) this past week about how when y'all go out and run or bike or whatever, it's an experience with God. And Mm. I, look at that it's the same way whenever I go out I I go out and run early before dawn Mm. and it's just my time in the dark alone Mm. doing that same thing just it's the time to clear my mind and get focused on what's right I love that I love that. overcome beat those challenges you know it's like there's just so much noise around us all the time always and 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 not only outside but like inside you know we can sit there and beat ourselves up or talk ourselves down and so i think it's just such a healthy mentality to be physically active now it doesn't mean you have to be an ironman athlete or a triathlete or a marathoner to accomplish being physically active it could be simply just you know doing a brisk walk in the morning for 30 minutes it could just be you know going for a swim going for a hike but a, a way to kind of center and ground yourself so that you know who you are in this world and that you're not confused and that you're not yeah. full of anxiety or questions or fear that you just come in and really align yourself to the truth. And I think that physical activity really can give you that. 
as you let. Yeah. And that's the thing is, as much as we're spiritual beings, we're also physical beings. So it's like, we've got, God gave us this body on this earth to use, you know, and keep in check, keep healthy. Um, well, but it all works together. I always tell my clients, my, my personal training clients, I'm like, you only get one body. Like, <laughs> one physical body. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, this is the only body you're going to get. How do you want to right. feel in it? What do you want to do with it? Let's go. <laughs> That's right. And the older you get, the more grateful you'll be for all of the years of, of being healthy. I keep, yeah, True. I keep hearing that. Um, <laughs> As yeah. I approach 60, yes. Very oh, my much. gosh. You guys you're making yourself sound so old. <laughs> That's okay. I do that to myself all the time. <laughs> he rounds up by like five years every oh, okay. time. So does I my husband. Seven years I think it's a guy old, thing. So no, that's, I do. No, no. It's like people are like, how old are you? I'm like, I'm almost 35. <laughs> like, I am. I'm like, I'm 34. I'm almost 35. But like when I'm 35, I'm like, I'm almost 40. <laughs> I don't get that. I'm, I'm, I'm 53, but I want to tell everybody that I'm 28. <laughs> and you know what? Hey, it's it, all about how you feel. It's about how you feel in your body. So the being physically active, being healthy, and in a, in a good state of mind is going to keep you l looking good and feeling good, you know? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the more so if you're doing it for a good cause. I think the Stride Project has it, – it's – I let – I think I mentioned this to y'all at one point. I love that it has the word try in it. Mm. The word stride, try. It reminds mm -hmm. me of Sue doing her first triathlons yeah. and, and people branching out and doing things that are, are you know, sort of difficult. But it's it's got a lot of really cool elements to it. And, and it's got, it's such a needed thing. And I think, I hope people will catch the vision, especially with what you have coming up in January with that challenge. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. Um, you know, that's why we went to the podcast as well, so that, um, you know, we can get the word out. And so we're, we're happy you guys are here and, and talking about your story with just everything that we've gone over today. Um, and I want to kind of start wrapping this up. I want to just talk, kind of talk about the present right here and what you guys are kind of working on um, right now. Talk, talk a little bit maybe about your publishing company, any events or fundraisers that you guys are doing. Like what's going on with you guys right now? So as, as you mentioned at the beginning, we are involved with the uh, Gold Together campaign at American Cancer Society. Gold Together is the childhood cancer initiative at American Cancer. And Currently, they are funding 49 different researchers with multi-year grants in the amount of $29 million, which is a good thing. It's all very specific to developing therapies for kids with cancer. I a lot of people jump in right here because most of the treatments for kids with cancer are the adult treatments right now. Oh. They don't have truly specified kid treatments for kids with cancer. They're having to do the right. same treatments I did at the age of 37. Oh, wow. And it's, it's awful. It's horrible. And so I'll let you continue on, but I just want mm. to throw that in because that's why yeah. it's important that we're sponsoring specifically for kid, research yes. on kids' cancer. Okay. It's, it's a really good thing. So um, part of what we do with this campaign is we advocate. So we, uh, we're members also of ACS Cancer Action Network. So we, we had talked to legislators here in the, in the great state of Texas, but also in Washington, D.C., encouraging them to increase funding and to pass 
bills that we need passed for childhood cancer. And so we're really heavily involved with that. That goes back to our roots as being children with siblings with cancer. And then we started a publishing company. This actually was in our hearts to do 21, 22 years ago, long before Bill was diagnosed, we wanted to do this. And then because of his diagnosis, we got distracted a little bit. But uh, we started this publishing company, Bellisteri, and we, we publish books that put a spotlight on childhood cancer. Many of our authors are kids with cancer. We have some children's books. We, we have some books that parents of children with cancer have written mm-hmm. about their journey. So uh, we, we love doing that because it helps introduce the world to the realities of childhood cancer. And mm-hmm. after that, we hope they say, oh, we need to, we need to be uh, donating <laughs> to right. childhood cancer and raising our voices for these kids. We love that it's the color gold because we believe that children are more precious than gold. So mm. as far as fundraising efforts right now are, are concerned, all of ours are geared right now toward American Cancer Society's Gold Together Okay. Uh, with an emphasis in September during Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. But throughout the year, we are engaging with people and working on ways to raise funds for those kids. That's really amazing, yeah. you guys. And you all do that together. Yay. That's so yes, cool. You guys are such a we, great power couple. Kind of a coincidence that we were both seven years old when we had a sibling with cancer. It's like, yes. I, I don't know, maybe God had a reason for bringing us together. God works yeah, well, that way, when as I, you know. Yeah, <laughs> when, I, when I read that in y'all's, when I read that in y'all's bio, I mean, it was just like, whoa. Wow. Um, that you both experienced that at such a young age and, and everything, and then also down the road. But um, sounds like you guys are really busy <laughs> doing really amazing things. Um, Mom would be so proud of you guys. Oh, and You too, for sure. She'd be like your yeah, wing person. <laughs> she oh, would. Thank I, I can't imagine what she would be saying about the Stride Project. I, I, I think she's up there dancing with, over I, it. <laughs> I feel I, like we, we said she's probably already up there designing her own races and in our perfect bodies can you believe it she must be really fast up there oh yeah really what fun we're gonna have on that reunion i know i know know. um is there any way that do you guys want to share how people can kind of find you guys in regards to you know all the things that you do do you guys have a website our website is probably the easiest Okay. bellasteri.com b-e-l-l-a-s-t-e-r-i bellasteri.com perfect that's great um i'm ve- i'm just i'm so grateful to have been reconnected with you both um yes. on such a, a deep and personal level and that you guys are so heavenly invested like i said into the cancer world and i mean i had no idea when god put your name on my heart i questioned it because i was like what why like i don't get it and he's like just just reach out to her and so i just remember i messaged you on facebook and i was like uh dana sue hey how are you Um, the lord puts you on my heart so i was just wondering if you had some time to talk and here we are Yay. Oh, it yes. takes me back to when we were in uh, Napa. Yeah. And just randomly. Just happened to be randomly there at the same time. We, yeah, that yeah. was uh, five years ago now? 
Oh, had to been at least. Yeah, four, at least four five. five. Uh, you guys were there for a team and training event, correct? Well, actually, we were ACS. Um, okay. It was the Napa Sonoma <laughs> Half Marathon. But, yeah, they all have endurance endurance training. So it was American Cancers is called Determination. Okay. So we were there with them for that event. Got and it. And then you guys were also in Denver when I was living in Denver forever oh, ago. Right. <laughs> Yes. Remember? And then you're like, hey, we're like in Denver. And I was like, where are you? And then you're like, come meet up. And I was like, and I hadn't seen you guys in a couple years. I think it was either before or after the the half marathon where we created the Team Super Sue. But it's just like God's kept us in each other's lives sporadically um, all this time. And, you know, God, God is going to get his way (laughs) one way or another. And, and, and if you're not obedient the first time or the second time, it's just going to take a little longer, but he reroutes us and he eventually gets us together again until you finally are obedient. So I'm just, um, I'm grateful. And the time is right. The time is right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like the timing could never be more perfect for all of us. Um, just kind of, you know, our journey, y'all's journeys and how things are happening intertwining yeah absolutely awesome well um i guess that's that's going to be the end of the show although i could talk to you guys all day (laughs) i know let's do a rachel plan a time to get together sometime oh my gosh we do do. i would absolutely love to see you guys um we could you know we can always make a trip to colorado we all like colorado (laughs) oh yes oh absolutely come come on over (laughs) okay sounds good sounds good Thank you guys for listening. Make sure to stay tuned for the next podcast. You can find out more at thestrideproject.org.